in the last election, 25 million Christians, or at least those who profess to be Christians, chose not to vote. Now, folks, that's a tragedy. That's a shame. And if you're one of those, I just want to know, I love you, but things have got to change. And so we have a prayer committee that will be meeting this coming Thursday at 6 o'clock in the prayer room, which is in the upper parlor up there. And they're going to plan a way in which we as the body of Christ can be praying for the next election. But at the top of that list needs to be praying for God to move the hearts of his people because we're to be the salt of the earth. We're to be the light of the world. And we're hiding under a shade and we're not participating to have any impact at all. So I want you to be praying about that. If that involves you personally, I hope God just speaks to your heart even today. All right? And uh, James is going to take care of this while I continue to talk to you, okay? So you be in prayer about that because we earnestly need. We've never done this before. We've never really been this close before. So... It's my heart. Am I good? Everybody's trying to help me this morning. Okay, you want that one? Okay. All right. Are we ready to go now? All right, good. All right. All right, 1 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3. Now, I want to begin by just sharing with you the reality that we need to know, each of us, we need to know where we are spiritually. I'm asking you this morning, do you know where you are spiritually? Now, when I use that word spiritual or spiritually, my, my heart is just beating that hard. <laughs> I am unwired now. So, when I use the word spiritual, I am specifically referring to your personal relationship and fellowship with the Lord. And the reason I emphasize that is there's a trend. I don't know if you've heard it, but I've, I'm hearing it more and more where people are saying, well, I don't really embrace any particular quote-unquote religion. I'm just spiritual. And when I continue to listen to what they're saying, I discover that each one of them who says that defines what me being spiritual is to them. And I discover that it's whatever it needs to be so they can live the life they want to live, right? So when I'm talking about where are you spiritually, I'm talking about where are you in your personal living relationship and fellowship with the Lord? Because it's incredibly important, particularly in light of the fact of this question, are you growing? Are you growing spiritual? 
Now here in 1 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3, I'm going to look at several different passages and different verses that, that Paul uses to put every one of us in a particular category. And so every one of us are going to fall today in one of three categories spiritually. So my challenge to you is to be honest with yourself. As we look at what he says in the word, be honest with yourself, be transparent with yourself so you can determine today where you are spiritually. What category are you really in? Now here's the three categories. There's the natural man, there's the carnal man, and there's the spiritual man. Every one of us fits into one of these three categories and you need to know. You need to know where you are so then you can know where you need to be and where you need to go. It's kind of like, you know, going to, into a big, uh, a big shopping mall that you're not familiar with and there's a particular store that you want to go to. And so you go into this mall, you haven't really been there, maybe just once or twice. And so the first thing you do, because you're not familiar with it, is you find one of those stations. You know what I'm talking about? It has a picture, it's got a schematic of where all the stores are. And you find the store you're wanting to go to. Well, that's just step one. Because after that, you can't get there till you know where you are. So what do you look for on this schematic plan they lay out before you is that red dot. You know what I'm talking about? And they have those big words, you are here. And it's only when you know where you are that you can determine how to get where you need to be. So this morning the challenge is, as we look here in God's word in 1 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3, is to be able to determine where you are, where's your red dot, and then where do you need to be? So let's look at it together. And let's look at all three of these different categories in terms of growth, the ability to grow spiritually. Let's begin chapter 2, verse 14. I want to talk about, first of all, the natural man. For the natural man, growth is impossible. Spiritual growth is impossible. The natural man simply lives the natural life because that's the natural thing to do. But the natural man does not have the capacity to grow spiritually for three reasons. Number one, first of all, they have no spiritual life within them. When you were born into this world, that's exactly where you were born, where I was born. I was born a natural man. And until I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I lived the natural life, because that's all I had, was a natural man naturally living the natural life. But then at the age of seven, I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And having received him as my personal Lord and Savior, then not only was I saved, but I received not only salvation, but I received the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in me. You remember, <coughs> excuse me, the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, one of the spiritual leaders of, of Israel. It's found in John chapter 3. And he said to him in verse 7, he said, Nicodemus, 
you must be born again. But before he made that statement, he said this in verse 5. So look at it with me. It says, truly, truly, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. The conversation is just getting started. And Jesus says to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit of God, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then he follows that up and says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, to be born again means to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where salvation comes, but also the presence of the Holy Spirit of God living in you. So now you're not just a natural man, but you've been born again. So you have been born twice. You've been born of water. You have natural birth. You have been born spiritually by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, this is incredibly important because for the natural man, think about this. If at the end of our study today, you determine, being honest, being transparent about where you are, you determine you're a natural man. Just keep this in mind. The natural man is born once, but he dies twice. He will die physically, and ultimately, if nothing ever changes, if it's never a new birth, it's never a new creation, never been born again, then he dies physically, but then later will die spiritually, eternally separated from God. But if you are born twice, if you are born naturally, which you have been, but then you are born again in the spirit of the living God, you will be born twice, but you only die once. And that is physical death. The rest of it is eternal life with the Lord forever. So this is an incredibly important truth for us to understand. So the natural man, for the natural man, it is impossible for him to be uh, to grow simply because he has no spiritual life in which to be able to connect with spiritual things. In fact, if you go back to Second uh, Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians chapter two, uh, you notice he says this, but the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because he can't. She can't. Because she doesn't have or he doesn't have a receiver to be able to receive it. You know, in, in this room right now, there are, there are a lot of things that you can't see and you can't hear, but they're here. They're right here. You do have on you the capacity, though, to hear some of those things or even see some of those things. You have a receiver. So if you were to take your phone right now and you could go and you could be on Facebook. In fact, some of you may be on Facebook even as I'm sharing. Now, be careful because we have a camera right back there. It looks over your shoulder. And I told them if they ever see somebody on Facebook that they need to just go ahead and put it up on the screen. So we see who it is you're talking to. Now, you could do that. I remember when I was at... Uh, Unity Baptist Church, this was hilarious. And we were taping our services with a thing called a cassette. Any of y'all remember what, y'all have no idea what a cassette is, right? All right, so, but the older ones like me, you know what a cassette is. So we were taping and then we would send them to, of course, our shut-ins, right? Well, there was a tower close by and they boosted that tower. 
And so the next time, next service we had, when we sent the cassette tapes out, I started getting phone calls. What are y'all doing down there at that church? Well, what do you mean? Well, just listen to what's on this tape. So I put one in and, and I began to play it and all I heard was the rock station that was close by. The heads of that cassette was picking up that rock station instead of the worship service. So it was in the room. We just couldn't see it or hear it, obviously, but it was being recorded. We see the natural man doesn't have that capacity to receive. It has no receiver in terms of hearing what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to him and trying to show him about his relationship and his fellowship with the Lord. So for the natural man, growth is impossible because there's no spiritual life and there's no spiritual love. He said, what I mean by that? Well, here's what he says, verse 14. He says, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. Now, he may be curious about it. A natural man that has no spiritual life could still be curious about, you know, what God says, what the Bible says, but they, they do not have a passion for it. You see, this word accept, some of you use uh, what, King James Version as well, as the word receive. And it's that picture, it literally means to welcome. And let me just draw you a picture for you in your mind. It's kind of like you're at home and, and uh, you're just having a nice evening. you got a fire going in the fireplace, which, by the way, as you can imagine, temperature gets down to 60, there is a fire in our fireplace. <laughs> so you're there and it's just having a nice evening. There's a knock at the door. You open up the door and there's somebody there that you just love. And you're just so excited to see them. I mean, you know, you're delighted. You give them a big hug. You can't wait to invite them in and to join you in fellowship in your home. Well, that's the picture of what Paul is talking about in this verse. When it means, speaks of the things of the Lord and the truth of the Lord and what the Holy Spirit is trying to show them and give them understanding for. Those who are spiritual, as we will see a little bit later in our study, man, they're excited, they're welcoming, they're, they are blessed that they've learned a new truth and they've learned a new principle of life from God or be able to have, uh, discover a new promise from God or even a word of precept, thus saith the Lord, that they can welcome into their life, they can bring it into life, they can live it out in their life. But the natural man may have the intellect for it, but they don't have the heart for it. They don't have the passion for it. Then just think about where you are right now. I mean, do you have that kind of passion for the Word of God? Do you have that type of passion for the things of God that the Spirit of the living God wants to show you, wants to reveal to you? See, the natural man may be curious. They may be good people too and be curious and even come to church on a regular basis just to hear what the Bible is saying, but they're not doing anything with it because they don't have a love for it. They don't have a passion for it. Truth of the matter is they're living as though all of this is just foolishness to them. So the natural man, when it comes to growth, growth is impossible. 
has no spiritual life, has no spiritual love, and it has no spiritual learning. It says, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. When someone will say to me, you know, pastor, I read the Bible. I just don't understand it. Now, that's a red flag to me. And the reason that's a red flag to me is because someone who has the receiver and the receiver being the Holy Spirit of God in them because they have accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they should be able to read and understand the Word of God. It may not be every passage. Sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper. I get that. I still have to do that. I'll read some passages and say, okay, Lord, let's start all over again. Let's take a fresh look at this. I'm not sure I'm getting it. I understand all that. But when someone says they can read the Bible and it just doesn't make any sense to them, that's a red flag. I want to know what's wrong with their receiver. Is the receiver being grieved? Is the receiver being quenched? What is really going on in their life? They just can't get it. It's kind of like, you know, asking our golden doodle at the house, Jethro, to understand opera. He's not going to get it. Now, I'll tell you this. Whenever there's a siren going down the road, Jethro doesn't bark. He howls. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds a lot like opera to me. But he doesn't get it. And, and there's no need to be criticizing those who are natural and have been born again because that's like criticizing a blind man because he can't see. We, listen, here's what you do. You love them. Are you with me? Say amen. You love them. You live it before them. And you lift them up to God that the spirit of a living God will one day open up their eyes, soften their heart, and they can receive the Holy Spirit by receiving Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So, when it comes to the natural man, growth is impossible. I want you to notice the second thing. For the carnal man, growth is impaired. Growth is impaired. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll get back to chapter 2 in a moment, but here in chapter 3, and, and I want you to notice three things that's very unique about the carnal man. Here's what he says, chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writing, he says, and I, brothers and sisters, could not speak to you as spiritual people but only as fleshly. That's the word for carnal. Now notice he begins by addressing them as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he's not questioning necessarily their salvation here, but he's questioning what's really going on in their life. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but only as fleshly carnal, as infants in Christ. He said, you're just spiritual babies. Now, nothing wrong with babies. We seem to be having a lot of them around here. And that's a blessing. It was a blessing when our children was born. We could hold them uh, in our arms. And you know what it's like. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing. And so 
when you accepted Christ, that's, the how, that's how you got started. And, and to your relationship with the Lord, you started as a babe in Christ. But here's the issue. It's a tragedy when a baby doesn't grow up. Right? I received Christ 60 years ago as my personal Lord and Savior right here at Washington Baptist Church. What a tragedy, what a shame it would be if 60 years later I was still a baby in Christ. That I had not grown up at all. There had been no development at all. The reason that the carnal man growth is impaired is because, number one, there is a lack of development. He says, I am, I, you're just still infants in Christ. And so here's, here's the problem in so many churches across this land. They are spiritual nurseries. They have so many within the body of Christ who have come to know Christ, but they've never grown up. They're still just babes in Christ, and so they, they all they come to be fed, to be spoon-fed because they're not growing up. And they can't get beyond John 3.16. Now, John 3.16 is awesome. I love it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the heartbeat of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with John 3, 16, but if that's as far as you really can get, then it's a tragedy. And because of that development, lack of development, there's a limit to your diet, your spiritual diet. Listen to what he says in verse 2. He says, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to consume it, but even now are not yet, even now you are not yet able. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 2, here's what the scripture says. Peter's writing, he says, And like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. To salvation. So you accept Christ, and we have multiple ministries here for us to feed you. To feed you milk, let you grow, we can move it to more solid food. And of course, we hope one day you'll be eating spiritual ribeyes, all right? You know, you'll be able to eat meat, the meat of the word of God. But here's what's happening in our churches. Look at this in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter five and in verse 12. Now, these believers that the Hebrew writer is writing to has known Christ now for some time and he questions what's going on in their life because here's what he says. Listen to this. This is powerful. He says, for though, he says, for though by this time you ought to be teaching. Listen to this. He said, by this time you ought to be teaching. You'd have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. He said, you've never grown up. 
You see, growth should follow three steps. Are you listening? Say amen. First of all, you're fed by the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit. You're fed. You grow. You grow to the point until you can feed yourself. Now, let me ask you this. Spiritually, can you feed yourself? Do you know how to get into the Word of God? Do you know how to read it? Do you know how to meditate on it? Excuse me. Do you know how to study the Word of God, to hear its truth, to understand its truth, and build it into your life? Where are you in your steps of growth? Are you still just being fed? That's it. Are you able to feed yourself? The third step is you should be able to feed others. That's spiritual growth. Writer of Hebrews says, what has happened here? What's wrong here? I mean, you've been in a relationship with the Lord God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, all this time, and you're still needing the bottle? You're still needing baby food? You still need to be fed? You haven't learned to feed yourself? And you certainly haven't learned to feed others who need to be mentored, to help others grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Well, this is what is taking place here. And so we have churches all across this land that are spiritual nurseries, they're spiritual daycare centers because people are not growing up. But look at the third thing. Not only because of a lack of development, therefore leading to a limited diet, but they live a life of division. A life of division. You say, well, why is that? Because their heart's divided. Here's the issue with the carnal man. His heart's divided. There's part of his heart because he's a child of God and the Holy Spirit is trying to reach to him so that he could grow. So there's a part of him who wants the things of God, but there's a part of him that doesn't want to let go of the things of this world. So their heart is divided. And here's the issue. When your heart is divided, you bring division in your life and in the lives of others. That's what happens. Listen to what he says here. As we read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, He goes on to say in verse 3, for you are still fleshly, carnal, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not carnal, fleshly? Are you not walking like ordinary people? What's he saying? Aren't you living and acting like the natural man? Even though you're supposed to be born again. And so what happens? It creates division. Division in their life, division in their families, division in the body of Christ. What creates division in the body of Christ? Divided hearts. We're not one in Christ. When I'm not, some of you are like this, when I'm not all in with the Lord, I have a divided heart. That means part of my heart leans to the spirit, the other part leans to what I want, selfishness. So what happens? There's division in the body. There's disagreement in the body. There's strife in the body. Or as we would put it here in the, in the South, someone's all tore up about it. 
right? That's, that's the way we like to word it. Particularly right here in Ware Place, South Carolina, right? They just all tore up about it. Well, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit in me is not going to be tore up about something with the Holy Spirit and Stephen in it, right? So what's wrong? One of us, or maybe both of us, are carnal. Self is driving it, even though warring against the Spirit. And so that's an incredible spiritual tug of war going on. They're divided. They divide their families. They divide the body of Christ. So this is a very serious matter. Do I have a witness on this? Right? So for the natural man, growth is impossible. For the carnal man, growth is impaired. For the spiritual man, growth is inspired. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I actually want to begin reading in verse 7. As I set up really what I want you to see in verses 11, 12, and then 13 and 15 and 16. Watch this. Beginning in verse 7. Scripture says, but we speak, Paul is talking. He says, we speak God's wisdom. Paul says, I'm sharing with you God's wisdom, not the wisdom of natural man. Let me tell you something about the wisdom of natural man. Number one, it's deceptive. That deception leads you to darkness. That darkness will lead you to depravity. That depravity will lead you to death, even spiritual death. He said, we're not speaking natural wisdom. We're not speaking the world's wisdom. We're speaking to you the wisdom of God, which is truth. And he says this, we're speaking God's wisdom in a mystery. Now, don't let that word mystery confuse you. It's not kind of the way we use it this day and time. A mystery in Scripture is simply something that God and only God can reveal to you about truth, about who he is, about what things are like, even why what's going on inside of you or what's going on inside of somebody else. Only God can reveal these things. So he says this. He says, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages of, of, of our glory. The wisdom, watch this, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age have understood. None of the rulers of Rome, none, none of the religious elite rulers of the Jews, none of the rulers of Greece, he says, look, he says, which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Think about that for a moment. The wisest men of Rome, the wisest men of the Jews, of Israel, the wisest men of Greek, crucified the Son of God. That's the kind of wisdom they had. Absolutely void of any understanding of truth. Any understanding of truth. And then he says this, verse 9. This is so important. He says, but just as it is written, Things which eyes have not seen, talking about 
natural observation. That's all the natural man has, right? What he can see naturally. All right? What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, that's natural information. Only what the world really can feed them. All right? Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart, the human heart, or the heart of man. In other words, that's natural inspiration. He says, all that God has prepared for those who love them. So here's what he's saying. They don't have a clue. You know, look, I, it doesn't matter what level of intellect you have. You might be in the 1% of the 1%. If you have no receiver, if you're a natural man, a natural woman, you've never been born again, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make any sense to you at all. It's not a matter of, of intellect in that level or in that manner. Notice what he goes on to say as we go into verse 10. This is a powerful word here. He says in verse 10, for to us, we're talking about here the spiritual man. He says, for to us God revealed them through the spirit, for the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So they have no clue. They don't get it. They can't get it. Why? Because it only comes through the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart, our soul, our own spirit. So notice three things as we just talk about the spiritual man very quickly. The spiritual man lives by the Spirit of the Lord. Look at this in verses 12 and 13. Verse 11 and following. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? You don't know what I'm thinking. You don't have the capacity to know what I'm thinking. I don't have the capacity to know what you're thinking. Now, I will tell you this. After 45 years of marriage, Kathy's pretty good at knowing what I'm thinking. I still can't figure out what she's thinking, even right now as she gives me that look. But notice what he says. He goes on to say this, verse 12. Or finishing up verse 11, he says, so also the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Only God can tell you what he's thinking, right? God telling you what God is thinking. All right, verse 12, now, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that, watch this, we may know the things freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. So the spiritual man, not the carnal man, not the natural man, but the spiritual man lives by the Spirit of the Lord, learns by the Spirit of the Lord, and let me close by saying this, and is liberated by the Spirit of the Lord because it says in verses 15 and 16, but the one who is spiritual discerns all things. 
we got a King James Version that uses the word judge, but just need to keep in mind that in the Greek, there's about three or four different words that we translate into English judge. This does not mean judge in condemnation. It means to be able to judge, have discernment, be able to know, be able to understand. Listen to this, but the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So the spiritual man lives by the spirit of the Lord, learns by the spirit of the Lord, and is liberated by the spirit of the Lord. Why? Because he knows truth. She knows truth as it really is because it is given to them by God through the Holy Spirit, through the scripture, how the spirit speaks to our heart. And when you know the truth, the truth will what? Set you free. So here's the question. Where's your red dot? In the spiritual mall of life, Where's your red dot? You are here. Where is that? Natural. Now look, the challenge was be honest with yourself. Be transparent about your life, where you really are. Because until you are willing to know where you are, you will have no clue to know how to get where you need to be. So where are you? Natural? Take this serious. This is life and death issues. We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about are you going to be born once and die twice or are you going to be born twice and die once? Is that where your red dot is? Is your red dot the carnal man? The carnal person? Divided heart. Things of the Lord are interesting to you. You can't let go of the things of the world. So you have a divided heart. You have no peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding that Jesus talks about, that Paul talks about, it's not yours. You can't have it. Because there's a spiritual tug of war going on in your life. You're not growing spiritually because you lack development. You have to have a soft diet. And there's division in your heart, so there's division in your life. Is that, is that where you're ready to be serious? These are the most important matters of life. So is your red dot the natural man? Is your red dot the carnal man? This is where you are. Or is the red dot your spiritual man? Spiritual person. If it's natural, here's what you need to do today. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and be born again by the power if you're carnal, repent. Repent. 
Be honest where you are so you can get where you need to be. Repent today. If you're spiritual, resolve. Resolve never to fall back. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to use a Baptist term, okay? If there's ever been a time in your life where you love Jesus more than you love him right now, you're backslidden. It's, it's a Baptist term. But it means you fall back into carnality. And you need to repent. Receive. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes in the spirit of prayer?